Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC. with a huge comeback win and if I had to put uh, both of those games last night for the Avs and Nuggets in a category they finish the same with wins but the result and how you got there completely different Um, the Nuggets very comfortable at the end of the game. You're like, all right, this one we're going to win by 20. Backups will come in, finish out the game. That's it. We're good. Done. No, they have you nervous that they are going to blow a late lead because Jamal Murray decided that's the time to have, I don't know, 15 turnovers in like three minutes. And then Bogdanovich, who I guess is just now a bucket. That guy's just a bucket now. That's just what he does. He makes shots, and there's no stopping him. Uh, he decided he was going to knock down a whole bunch of threes. All that without Trey Young, too, right? Uh, well, Trey Young getting ejected at the very end of the third quarter. Yeah, no Trey Young on the floor, and that's what you got. And then on the other side, the Avs are like, ugh, what's wrong with them? I'm nervous. I'm scared. Why can't they win games? It doesn't look right. Is it panic time? And then three straight goals in the third period. They go up six to five and they close out the game. Just a weird sort of feel to the night with two games that you end up getting wins. I'm not going to sit here and complain about wins today, but it didn't feel great. Like neither of them. The finish to the Avs felt great. Yeah, that was awesome. But I don't think that a lot of things have been put at ease for me after that win. I don't know what's going on with them defensively. That's part of the problem. I mean, Georgie gets pulled after two periods, and they put in Prozvatov in the third. Now, again, 
You have some of those goals that I don't think Georgiev can do a lot about when somebody just takes a baseball hack at a puck in midair and hits it by his shoulder. What are you going to do? Uh, McCarr just getting lost on a backdoor play that got him their fifth goal. That's not on Georgie. That but was that, a little tap in right in the crease, right? Correct. Yeah. That third goal totally is. I don't know how you miss that one. Like, he's not being screened. The shot wasn't a rocket. And it's going right over your glove shoulder. That's the stuff where I'm just like, I don't know what's going on with Georgie, but I'd like to have a lot more confidence for that uh, uh, with this guy right now. It's been way too up and down. Remember, he started the year pretty lights out. And ever since, I don't know, the second or third week, it's been very, very bipolar in the way that I feel about him. And obviously, Jared Bednar thinks the same because he got pulled in favor of Prosvetov, who had a couple of big saves in that third period. So overall... I'll ask you guys, throw the number out, 303-504-0925. How do you feel this morning? And take your pick. You want to talk Nuggets? You want to talk Avs? Go ahead. But out of those two games that both resulted in wins, you can be pretty nitpicky on a lot of things. For the Nuggets, I think it's different. The Nuggets I actually feel okay about. It's just, look, you took your foot off the gas and you allowed a team to get back into it because they shot really hot at the end of the fourth quarter, and you just decided if Jamal tried one more of those sling passes that got picked off in the last few minutes of that game, I'm like, stop doing that. It's obviously not working. I said 15 turnovers in a couple of minutes to start this, but honestly, it was four or five, right? In the latter half of that fourth quarter? Yeah. But I think almost all of them came at the very end of the game. Even the one where they inbound the ball with 30 seconds left and you're up, what was it, five, six, something? And then he just tries to, like, lazily hop it over a defender to Jokic and that ball rolls out of bounds. It's like, dude, come on. So, again, that game, for the most part, was fine. If you look at Jamal's box score numbers, it's like, oh, my God, what a game from him. It also doesn't show when he rolled his ankle and just left the game for a little bit. Yeah, terrified you for a second. Like, can that not happen for just, like, a couple of games, please? No kidding. Uh, But he finishes the game 12 of 15. He was 4 of 5 from 3. Finished with 9 boards, 4 assists, couple of blocks, a steal, 29 points. Led the team in points. I'm like, oh, that's great. Jokic only shot the ball 13 times, but did it 9 of 13 for 25? That felt normal. Aaron Gordon looked like he got his groove back a little bit, cutting to the rim, getting some easy buckets. Julian Strother coming off the bench. My goodness gracious. Is that just who he's going to be? Just like a couple times a month, just have a great, I don't know, like six threes in one game? Julian Strother. Go back the toy box? Julian Strother looks to me like what we hoped Bones Highland would be. Guy who comes off the bench, is capable of giving you 20 off the bench occasionally but doesn't have the boneheaded mistakes or the overconfidence or ego that will kind of crush that unit. Because you know what was maybe the most impressive thing? When he went out in the first half, and I think he was 5 of 5 from 3 to start, 
Do you know what else he did? He had four steals in the first half. That is what's going to get you playing time with Michael Malone. Yes, the shooting will, but combine that with getting some turnovers? That's what was most impressive to me about his his game, but especially the first half. Um, so yeah, overall, Nuggets, I got, I got no concerns, really. It was just like a really sour taste in your mouth with how the game finished. I never really thought they were going to actually blow that game. It was 20-point lead for, like, most of the second half. But it got cut down to four late. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, another mistake and a Bogdanovich logo three. Who knows? Um, the only bad thing about last night, Porter played really bad. Didn't shoot the ball well. Pretty good on the offensive boards. Um, but, yeah, one of 11 from the field. Not great. So that was kind of the only individual thing outside of that weird last few minutes from from Jamal that I think you'd be upset about. Now, back to the Avs. Can can we just give it up first for Four? Thomas Tatar? Oh, he did dude. It, dude. Let's, he finally did it. What game is this? Uh, the Avs are now, what, 18, 9, and 2? Is that their record? 17, 9, and 2? So, yeah, Marty, we're talking 28 games. Good for him. Not for, look, not for lack of trying <laughs> yeah. or a lack of opportunity. He just finally got one. And did you see what he did afterwards? So he scores, and then he he opens up his arms to the gods and was like, oh, Thank you. He looked like Shawshank, like the end of Shawshank. <laughs> if somebody could have put rain on top of that that rank, it would have been a perfect reenactment. You know, it reminded me of when, um, remember that playoff game with the Nuggets and the Blazers where Damian Lillard was like 11 of 13 from three-point range, and he finally missed one. Austin Rivers was guarding him, and he actually put prayer <laughs> hands up and said thank you. Same sort of concept, but yes, Tatar, thank God. Um, McKinnon continues his point streak and his hot streak as he is just, dude, that feed, that little slip feed for that sixth goal from Val to set him up on the breakaway. That's the sort of stuff that Val does that makes him such a difference maker on this team. I don't know how many guys can make that little slip pass. You're getting pressed up against the boards. You can just for a, a split second get your stick on the puck, and he put it to where McKinnon did not break stride. And when McKinnon gets in that situation, you're done as a goalie. That becomes the, uh-oh. I always forget who said that. Why do I always forget who said that? Texters help me out. Remind me. But once Petrangelo. he Petrangelo, once he gets that full head of steam, it's over. Oh boy. Oh boy. Um here's the other thing, too. The top line was really bad. Like your your top five players were really bad in that game until the very end. And this is what I was kind of discussing yesterday. We all know the Avs have this ability where they can play a pretty poor game for a a majority of it because they have enough talent to just give you a burst 
that'll win you a foot or a football game. Sorry, I'm seeing highlights of Tommy Cutlet's parents in the crowd. I got to get to that guy. Tommy DeVito. You know, we're in an era in this country where playing into stereotypes is like wrong. And DeVito's like, nope, I'm going to eat chicken parm on the sideline in between drives. Well, dude, his agent, are, like, are you kidding me? That, and that's intentional. He's like, you got to be choking. Do you know what's, do you know what's funny? Um, I think it'd be disrespectful to call this just a, a flash in the pan or something. But think about this for a second, Marty. Think about if I, in my very non-stellar baseball career, somehow, Marty, I was drafted in the 40th round of the MLB draft, and I just stuck on to some minor league system somewhere. And that team had so many injuries that I got called up to the majors. And when I got called up, my first three games, Marty, I hit 500 with three bombs. I would want everybody that surrounds my inner circle to soak up that moment as if we're never getting this again. And what that agent just did, call it 15 minutes of fame, whatever. He said, this is my shot. I'm dressing up like a 1920s Italian mobster, and I'm going to stand on the sideline next to you. And ESPN pregame is going to go to my mom and dad's tailgate, and we're going to make chicken cutlets. And I'm going to score a touchdown, and I'm going to do the Italian hands whenever something cool happens. Like, I actually love this man. I think he's probably never going to start again after the season ends. Is he buying himself that ticket of just bounce around journeyman quarterback for the next 10 years? <sighs> Hang on a second. The best gig in sports? Let me look something up here. So Tommy DeVito has played now. Is that his fifth start, essentially, last night? He's got eight touchdowns, three picks. Like, not terrible. He actually runs the ball really well, too. He kind of looks a little bit like Daniel Jones when he's running the football. Uh, maybe. Maybe he does. Who am I to say no? Both of those games were crazy last night. I stopped watching that Titans game because it was like 27-13 with like six minutes left. I'm like, oh. Okay, Dude, the it's like will, of a, course win. a shade over three minutes left. Yeah. And it's the Dolphins. And the Titans and Will Levis comes back and wins that game. And Tommy DeVito and the Giants beat a red-hot Green Bay Packer team. They made Jordan Love look really bad again. Because Love had a really nice streak going of... Multi-touchdown games, offense, moving the ball well. They were hoping, like, if they got that win, Marty, they're seven and six. Like, they're right there. I think they're actually, they entered that week as the last wild card spot in the NFC. I think both them and the Vikings did. So they had a lot to play for. And old Tommy DeVito... Came in and ended this win streak for him. I don't understand it. Texture says, what are Italian hands? You know exactly what they are. Oh. Like, try and say mozzarella without doing that with your hands. Just say that in your car right now. Say mozzarella and see what, just notice what your hand does. 
That's Italian. You hands. could not say that with your hands at your sides. I'm, dude. I'm. It's like sneezing with your eyes open. There's no <laughs> way to do this. Hang on, hang on. Mozzarella. I even. I'm shaking yeah. my hands when I do it. I'm keeping them at my hips and I'm shaking my hands. I think that's actually the perfect word for it too. Chicken parm. You can say it without it. Oh yeah. Linguini. Mozzarella. But you say mozzarella. There's no way you don't do that with your hands. <laughs> Texter says, gotcha. Yep. You know exactly what they are uh, now. Say no more. 303-504-0925. Uh, I mean, out of the four games I watched last night, I mean, I watched all of the Avs and Nuggets games off and on with the, the football games last night. I hated how they were on at the same time. I can't stand that. Did, did you try the Manny cast? They were trying to do some sort of red zone thing, but also interview no. people at the same time. It was I just much, went to game much. broadcast on my phone and just kind of hop back and forth and stuff like that. Um, just reserve it for a game. And the game might suck. Who cares? But then you get situations like this. I think that's why they like the doubleheader. They want that to be, hey, if one game sucks, at least we got another one that's on. But now what you had was two games that were really good. That you couldn't really watch both at the yeah, same time. Don't start them at the same time. Stagger them. 303-504-0925. We'll get back to the Avs and Nuggets. Again, a couple of wins last night. I'm not here to complain too much. There's still just like, especially with the Avs, I still have a lot of concerns despite a very, very nice comeback win. Um, let me ask you something. Russell Wilson in the numbers. The numbers connote basically elite quarterback play this year. Your eyes. All right, so I'm going to give you some numbers here from uh, Russell Wilson. He is the first Broncos quarterback with a touchdown pass in each of the first 13 games to start the season since Peyton Manning. He is top six in all of these categories in the NFL. Passing touchdowns, passer rating, completion percentage, and here's the one that sticks out the most to me. Completions for over 40 yards. Isn't the whole thing that we've talked about this year is like, yeah, the offense has been fine, but there's really no big plays that happen. Well, then what's that? They have no deep game. There's no deep passes, and then... like one of the league leaders in 40-yard completions? So what's going on here? Because I want to hammer down on this. The question was, what's lying to you more, your eyes or the numbers? And if I had to choose, (coughs) and I'm trying to be unbiased as I can, I think it's the numbers. If you were to power rank the top five quarterbacks, six quarterbacks, ten quarterbacks in the NFL. I don't know if Russell's up there. Is it is it because his yard total, which is seemingly how we judge most quarterbacks, is that just because it's an average number? You know what I think it is more. I mean, that's a part of it, but I think what it is more than anything else. It's the ease in which some teams score as opposed to the Broncos. 
Did you guys watch the Dolphins last night? There's an ease to their scoring drives. If you watch um, even, I would say, like mediocre offenses in the NFL, let's say the Rams. The Rams got a decent offense, but it looks easy when they score. Oh, there's a pick-and-pop pass over to uh, Cooper Cup. He takes that for 20 yards. Here's an eight-yard run by Kyron Williams. Do that a couple of more times, then boom, Pukunuku is in the corner of the end zone touchdown. It just looks easy. When the Broncos score, it's like, whew, thank God. Took a long time to get there, but we finally did it. Every time, it kind of feels that way. Again, if you're going through the league, like, are you taking Josh Allen or are you taking Russell Wilson? It's Josh Allen. Mahomes, yes. Herbert, yes. Trevor Lawrence, yes. Lamar Jackson, yes. Tua, yeah. Dak, yep. Jalen Hurts, uh huh. Did Russ just bypass Kirk Cousins last game on yards for, yards? for, the, for yeah. the season? And Kirk played eight games. It's just, I don't I don't know what you do here, and I, I guess when I when I'm saying I don't know what you do, it's just I don't know how you analyze this. Continue to win football games. I mean, they're six and one in their last seven, and the offense for the most part has not been a problem. There's been games in which yes, it has been. You know, the Houston game wasn't great, but even despite how bad they played, they're right there with a chance to win at the end of the game inside the ten yard line. But a big theme that I want to discuss today about where the Broncos are and where some specific players or personnel people are, I want to use the word trust and ask a whole bunch of questions surrounding that. And the texture says, say it, Brett, say Brock Purdy. If you want me to say that if Brock Purdy's the quarterback of this team, I think this looks any different, I'm not going to. Just do that as an exercise, by the way, in your head. Russell Wilson is the 49ers quarterback. Brock Purdy is the Broncos. Who looks better? I'm still not quite sure what Brock Purdy is. I I, I don't know. If you think I'm going to say Brock Purdy looks better for the Broncos than Russell Wilson would for the Niners, you're nuts. Purdy's going to get back in the huddle and be like, hey, Javante, why didn't you just like take that 80 yards, bro? Yeah, I got it to you two yards deep in the backfield, and you only went four yards as opposed to 60. Why did you do that? Why didn't you do the I make 10 guys miss thing and then go in the end zone? That's what it should be. Oh, I'm sorry. What's this play called? When I throw slants to Debo Samuel, he takes it to the end zone. Why Why did you get stopped, little Jordan Humphrey? Why did you get stopped? Because you're supposed to take that all the way. Now it's third and six. I don't know what to do here. Third and six? Do I just hand it off again? Isn't that the point? I told you guys, Brock Purdy can throw for 10,000 yards this season and 80 touchdown passes, and I'm still not going to do it. I'm dug in. This is a hill. Maybe at, at some point, Marty, I will be, I'll be lying on a hill with a man with a machine gun on top who is riddling my 
my dead corpse with bullets, but I will die on that hill. I will. Again, getting back to this, though, the issue that I want to discuss today, trust. And I'll ask it in a very general sense. Do the Broncos have your trust? There's four games left in this season. You still are out of a wild card spot. Not only do you need to win, you need help. I think you're going to get it because a lot of those teams that's surrounding you there are not very good and certainly aren't playing to the level you are. None of those teams surrounding you right now are winners of six out of seven. There's teams that have put together a nice little like three, four win streaks, but six out of seven isn't happening for the Colts, not happening for the Browns. So you need some help. I think you're going to get it, but most importantly... Do you trust your own team? Because here's what you face with four games left in the season, Marty. What you're probably going to see here in the next four weeks is Jared Goff, Bailey Zappi, Easton Stick, and Aiden O'Connell. If I were to pick a lineup of quarterbacks that you faced the last four weeks of the season where you need three out of four games that are W's, that's not a bad lineup for you to go up against. And I think for the most part, I do trust them. And I'm going to say something that's crazy. This defense has my total trust. Which, ask me that question two months ago and see what that answer is. But they have my total trust. I think they go up against these quarterbacks. They're going to hold them to 20 or less, with the exception of maybe Goff and the Lions. And that's not... (laughs) That's not because Goff is the threat there. The threat is the Lions have two running backs that are averaging five yards a carry, and you're still really bad at stopping the run. And that's my concern for this weekend. If you ask me today, I think the Broncos lose this game this weekend because they can't stop the run, and the Lions, especially coming off a loss, I just know what Dan Campbell does. He's going to make this an offensive line game, and they're going to pound that football for 35 carries and say, I dare you to stop Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery. And they're both healthy, like... Yes. Yeah. Yep. Both Who gets of, more carries out of this? Now, two, offense, offensive line forms beat up. Uh-huh. The offensive line's beat up, but I don't even know how much that matters. Every time I think the Broncos are facing a team that can't run, they run the ball well. Like, even Austin Eckler had five yards of carry. Now, he didn't carry the ball all that much because they're playing catch-up. But when he did run it, it was five yards of carry. I just don't think you're going to be able to stop Gibbs and David Montgomery, and it could be a long day for your rush defense. Now, I totally believe that you can stop them in the pass game. You know what Jared Goff, his uh, QBR is under pressure since week seven, Marty? 0.6. If he's under pressure, he is by far the worst quarterback that's like ever existed. So if you can get pressure on him in the past game, you can do a lot of things. But it has to start with stopping the run, and I don't know if you can do it. Um, but again, defense has my trust for these next four weeks. The offense is still something that's lukewarm to me. And I gave you the numbers from Russell Wilson earlier. That should mean they have my trust, and they don't. I just think there's too many mistakes that still happen, and they're just not very good at overcoming those. A bad drop, a bad penalty, a bad whatever seems to end a drive. 
They don't need gaudy numbers. But if the Broncos can just do what they did last week, which was limit turnovers and convert on third down, trust your defense. I mean, Mojo always talks about the formula for the Broncos. Yeah, getting takeaways helps too. But those are the big ones. No turnovers for your offense. Convert on third down. Move the chains. Time of possession in your favor. All that stuff. That's the recipe. Can can you also throw a big place to Cortland Sutton in that recipe too? Because that seems to be happening within this winning well, you have cycle. To, yeah, here. you have to take shots at some point during the game. You have to. It can't just be dink and dunk and dink and dunk and four-yard run and three-yard pass, and you got to mix things up and keep the defense a little bit honest. But just in general, that's sort of the formula. And if I wanted to get specific on the trust category, let me just go through, like, some of the most polarizing players or coaches on this team and ask you, do you trust them? Let's start with the head coach, Sean Payton. Do you trust him? I'm like an 85% yes. The only thing that doesn't keep me at 100 is I think he wants to get smart sometimes and cute. And he will deviate from the winning game plan because he gets impatient. And he doesn't like just running the football and, and doing the dink and dunk thing. I think we saw that against Houston. They took a lot of shots in Houston and... Some of those ended up in turnovers. Now, if your offensive line can block the way that they did on the Cortland Sutton touchdown last Sunday, then go ahead and take as many shots as you want. The problem is they just aren't very good at that. The fact that I can remember that play, I'm like, wow, he had time to throw, and it was like some crazy surprise. It was weird. He's back there just patting the ball like, how come you're not under pressure here? What's going on? Like, when he went back, when Russell dropped back, And after about three or four seconds, Marty, I didn't see him take off to the outside, break the pocket, and try and buy time. It was was like a play I hadn't seen in weeks of him comfortable in the pocket. But I would say yes to Sean Payton. Vance Joseph, yeah, I trust him. This has been a consistently good defense for a while now. With almost no hiccups. You know what they're averaging in points allowed since week seven when this win streak started? They're averaging per game 15 and a half points allowed. That'll get you a whole bunch of wins, obviously, as we've seen over the last seven weeks. Do you trust Russell? And my answer is not yet. It's not like I I don't have any faith or trust in him. I just don't know how to put it. And that's kind of going back to the beginning, Marty, of like, I give you those numbers. That should mean you trust the guy. And for whatever reason, I'm just not totally there. I trust him in moments. What what don't you trust? Like that he's going to turn the ball over, that he's going to make the wrong play? Like what? I don't trust he's going to consistently make enough plays to win you ball games. Against really good teams. How about that? And I know it's happened over the last seven weeks. But there's something about it that just feels 
Like, if everything's not going perfect, can you get yourself back in it? That's what I don't know yet. If you have a game in which uh, you can't get the takeaways, you can't get put in good field position, can you give me a couple of 70-yard touchdown drives? That's what I don't know yet. And then you can go to guys like Jerry Judy, and Jerry Judy's a no. Like, no trust. I can't trust you to get a 50-50 ball. That's what you were brought here for. That's what the first-round pick tag is for. And I don't care that you didn't cho- uh, choose to get picked in the first round. There's been a lot of mouth running this year, too. And when you do that, you got to be able to produce when they give you the opportunity, and there's been too many times where he hasn't. So kind of a mixed bag, but for the most part, this team has my trust here in the last four weeks. And you know what? Even if they finish 2-2 two and two here in these next four games, 9-8, and eight, miss out on the postseason, I think it's a, a, a successful year. But there is going to be some real disappointment if you don't go 3-1. and one. If you go 3-1, and one, Marty, and you get to 10 wins, and then you miss the playoffs, it's like, okay, you know what? The bad start killed you, but you did everything you could. But I think 10 wins is going to get you there. And I think they should. So again, 303-504-0925. We just witnessed something yesterday that feels like one of the biggest cheats that I can remember in recent sports memory. Something happened that is so... So Shohei gets a 10-year, $700 million salary, and he's going to get $20 million of that in the next 10 years? Huh? As if it wasn't ridiculous enough, they make this contract more ridiculous. So I just I want to make sure that I, I read this correctly and that I'm not messing anything up. So let me just go, and I'll rip this directly from Jeff Passan and what he had yesterday. Jeff Passan. In commenting on this contract, said Shohei Otani's $700 million contract calls for him to be paid only $2 million a year for the next 10 seasons, with $680 million deferred until the end of the deal. It says the CBT hit on the contract is going to be around $46 million, a huge discount for LA. I don't know what CBT means. Does anybody have any idea what CBT? Marty, look that up. CBT baseball contract. Let me know what the hell that is. Oh, collective bargaining something? Collective bargaining? Yeah, collective bargaining program participation. What does T mean? CBT? Anyway, um, the structure of the deal is unprecedented. Multiple people involved. Competitive balance tax. Brett. <laughs> Did they use baseball and competitive balance in the same quote? Oh, that's great. Um, multiple people involved have said Otani proposed the structure 
and that toward the end of negotiations, he said he wanted to defer his salary. His off-the-field earnings are significant enough for it. So he gets the two mil from the Dodgers. He's got a whole bunch of endorsements that he's like, dude, I'm good on the money now. Just give me afterwards. The only way that he could sign with the Dodgers was to do it this way. And that feels like cheating. That feels like cheating. No, no, it is cheating. It is cheating. It's cheating. Like a texture says, they're probably going to convert that money into partial ownership when he retires. That's also cheating. You can't give people ownership in a team. I mean, I, I guess I don't know the ins and outs of the baseball stuff, but Marty, I remember in football, remember when uh, Tom Brady was talking about doing that for the Dolphins? And they said, yeah, that's uh, that's against the rules. You can't do that. You can't be a part owner in a franchise and also play for the franchise. And if you defer the salary for afterwards, well, that still is getting the contract during your playing days. You can't do it. Competitive balance tax. Hilarious. Hey, guys, just to make sure everything's on the up and up, we're going to put this tax in here to make sure we're all the same. Unless you want to throw that to $680 million in deferred salary when your career is over. <sighs> Baseball is so broken. Look at this. He's like, what, the fourth lowest earner. So Shohei... Yeah, as far as guys that are under salary right now, so there's a whole bunch of guys like Walker Bueller and Will Smith and Yarbrough and a whole bunch of guys that are waiting to get through arbitration. Their arbitration, by the way, so for Will Smith will be way more. He'll be making about 10. Walker Bueller's making about nine. Yarbrough, probably four and a half. Before you get to somebody that's, uh, yeah, Gavin Lux is going to be right around Shohei Otani's salary by the end of arbitration. To do this. That ain't right, Brett. To your own sport. And I I say this as somebody who grew up his entire life playing baseball, who loved, loves, but certainly loved more baseball. You can't have this happen. If they did this to try and skirt the com- the competitive uh, balance tax, well, you know what? You're going to be taxed that money to the tune of $70 million. Like, you have to feel it. You're paying Shohei Otani as if he is the 15th best player on the Rays, not the number one player in the league. And you did that so he could go to L.A. and play for the Dodgers who already have an inflated, like, crazy team payroll? So when you were we were growing up, the Yankees were the team that got everybody, signed everybody, yep. paid through the nose for everything. Did they pull crap like this, or did they, like... Not like this. Well, I don't know how they did it. Unprecedented means it's never happened before. And I understand. Bobby Bonilla is the big one, right? Bobby Bonilla Day is sometime, was it July? Where he gets the 1.3 million in deferred yeah. salary, which is like four nickels now compared to this. 68 million dollars, guys. It's different. A te- a full team payroll right now is being deferred every year until after his career is done. 
And Rob Manfred, I think, on the for the most part, has done an awful job on a whole bunch of categories. Last year, some of those new rules, pitch clock stuff, bigger bases sounded stupid, and then we got more stolen bases last year, which I thought was interesting. The X amount of pickoff rules, the limiting the 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 manager visits to the mound, like or all the mound visits. I think all of those were great ideas. That actually helped a lot. But this is the biggest thing. Like your sport is nothing if it does not have some semblance of balance to it. And it can work in a place like college football for I mean, the big reason being there's 132 teams. It's never going to be even. But every other sport, football, hockey, basketball, you have to have, even if it's kind of fake, you have to have it feel as if any team can win any year. Again, I think it's a massive reason why the NFL is king with a bullet right now in this country. If I told you, Marty, in four years, could you see the Arizona Cardinals having a shot at a Super Bowl? The answer is sure. Sure. Why not? But if I told you in four years, could you see a team like uh, Miami being a consistent World Series contender against teams like the Dodgers. Or the Rockies. The Rockies, for that matter. Could you see them consistently competing with the Dodgers for a championship? And it's like, no. No, there'll be a flash team for a year, and then some people will want to get paid, and then it'll all fall apart. It's just like, you can't have your sport run this way. And the easiest thing you can do is just say salary cap. And they want to talk about the players' union being too strong. That it's too much. And I know why the players don't want it, because they want $700 million salaries. Like, that's what they want. And my answer would be like, fine. Here's your $700 million salaries. But keep it under the cap. Like, I'll give you a salary. It doesn't mean, by the way, salary cap does not mean, or it shouldn't in baseball, that every team needs to pay X amount. As far as like that max salary cap, not everybody has to get there. You're going to have your floor, the minimum you have to pay. But what I'm saying is you can't have salaries, team salaries that exceed $250 million. It's like in basketball. Yeah, you got a couple of max contracts. Some guys making $50 million bucks. Make the rest of the, the roster work. Oh, but this guy's really good. I want to keep him. Sorry, make a choice. You got this guy and this guy. They both make a lot of money. They're good players. Choose one. Or if you go over that number, have like a massive penalty where owners are like, I'm not going to pay. And for the love of God, never allow something like this to happen again. Because this is just cheating. They have to make up like a Shohei rule now, right? I would do it. I would do it now. And I mean, I guess, you know what? You almost can't because the contract is signed. And I don't think there's any takesy backsies okay, on those. Okay, fine. How about in 2043? Let's do it when this contract runs out. His last installment of 68 million. Goodness gracious, man! Like the NFL, that makes more money than any other sport, has a salary cap of what is it this year? Like 220 million bucks. 
And that's for a 53-man roster. Baseball has 20, what's the number? Is it 26 now, 7? Yeah. Whatever that number is, you can make $250 million work in a payroll, okay? You can do it. 303 504 He's going to be a billionaire in no time. Because if he's living off his endorsements right now, he's making a lot of money from... I don't know, New Balance and whatever he endorses in Japan. Well, not to mention, his his reason why he's making the money, okay? He's going to get paid that after he's done for the reason he's making the money. Imagine if I did this job, Marty, and I said, I'm good on just endorsements. Pay all of my stuff when I'm done. <laughs> huh? 303-504-0925. You can watch the show live on Twitch. Twitch.tv. Search Altitude SR in the search bar, the Altitude TV simulcast. That is the Safeway Twitch feed. A lot to get to today. Big comeback win for the Avs. Although I still got a lot of things that make me uneasy. Nuggets with the win. A couple of really good Monday night football games. A lot to get to. Mojo Lombardi and Kane next. Boost Infinite's new wireless technology gives you three networks for the